Welcome to Lakeview. I'm your host, Chris Gass, Right to Life of Michigan's Director of Communication and Education. Thanks for joining us for this month's feature of Faith in Life. This month we interviewed Shannon Filippiak. She is a member of our Southeast Macomb affiliate and is taking on the role of organizing churches in her area. She had a great example of it with her own church and getting them involved and showing the movie Unplanned. So a bit of a change, no pastor this month, but I think you'll enjoy the interview uh, from the perspective of a volunteer who is trying to do more in her area. Here's our interview. We're talking here today with Shannon Filippiak. She's a member of our Southeast Macomb Right to Life affiliate. Shannon, welcome to LifeBeat. Hello, thank you for having me. This is so awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Um, why don't we start real quick? Just tell us, uh, you know, why are you pro-life? Oh, so many reasons. Um, I have to be honest. Um, I've always been pro-life, um, but I was never really passionate about it until 08, when it really started coming into the light, what was going on with politics and things of that nature. And I had a friend that made me realize that it wasn't good enough just to be pro-life in your mind. Um, I sort of, in full disclosure, I sort of had that attitude. I had never been affected um, myself or a family member that um, had had one. But I had a few friends, uh, you know, you hear through through uh, different people, you know, I, I knew a few people who had had one, but I sort of had the attitude of, well, you know, that's, that's their, that's their decision. I'm not going to judge. So I sort of, you know, was walking around thinking that even though I, I was not pro-choice, I was pro-life. But in 08, I started to realize with some of the, the political landscape, I started to realize that that just was not good enough. And I needed to get involved and, and just, you know, start talking about it, start talking to people and really be pro-life um, when I had the chance to speak out. And then I actually made a call. I was um, working, my family owned, owned a printing company. Um, and I made a call to uh, an affiliate in St. Clair Shores. And I said, I want to help. I want to get involved here. And it went from there. I started doing uh, some printing work for them at a discounted rate. I got involved in the Bid for Life Committee, a fundraiser that they did um, every year. And it just went from there. And it just um, just kept going, kept asking what they needed. Print. I was able, my resource was printing. And I was able to really help them. And uh, it really turned out to be a good thing. So that's how everything got started. That's great. And, you know, we appreciate it. That's what really helps affiliates when people in the community help out with their unique talents. And so now your kind of unique talent is getting churches more involved. What really started you uh, to look at, you know, churches and getting them more involved? So, yeah, so I started out in 08, uh, getting more involved, but to be perfectly honest, just, I'd say about two years ago, I started getting more involved and up close to uh, approaching this election, um, 
I was very excited, obviously, that we had a pro-life president. There was a lot of firsts that um, President Trump did for the pro-life community, and uh, it was very exciting. And then as we started getting closer to the election, and it, we really didn't know what was going to happen, obviously, um, we want pro-life uh, politicians in office, but obviously that didn't work out. So getting, but going back, getting closer, I started thinking that, you know, the church I went to and some of the neighboring churches, we really still weren't that involved. And here we have this pro-life president. And I thought, well, you know, I'm going to approach the elders and the leadership of our church. And I'm going to see what I can do leading up to the election here and just start talking about this. Um, and that's, that's how it kind of came about in my mind. I wanted the church to have more of a voice. For some reason, uh, you know, the churches really haven't spoke out about abortion at the rate that I think they should have. Uh, and I just wanted to do something. I just approached my elders, literally just asked them to meet and said, we have to do something. I really just was gonna start very slowly. I wanted to maybe have a membership drive and for right to life and start speaking about it. And that's how it kind of got started. So that, that's how the whole thing started. And then um, I was not aware at the same time, almost simultaneously as I was approaching the elders, there was a young gentleman in the church, in my church, um, his name was Connor Westerby. He had made a call and his heart was really, you know, he really had a heart for the unborn and he approached the elders and wanted to do something as well. So it really was just God working in our church. It was just time and it really worked out awesome. He, this, this young gentleman, he is just on fire for, for the Lord and the unborn. He has been doing amazing things. He, he is actually, and, and I'm, you know, I'm older than him, let's just say. And this gentleman at 24 years old, he is bringing um, a young crowd in and it has just been awesome. So I want to make sure that, you know, he gets a lot of the credit for what's going on in our church because he has just come out swinging. He actually visits uh, the mills and he has a group that he's been working with. He's turned me on to documentaries and, you know, we both came up with the idea to have, um, events at our church and so forth. So that's how that got started. It was the two of us not knowing each other, uh, going to the elders separately. So it was pretty amazing how it got started. Tell, why don't you tell people a little bit about your church um, and specifically kind of your denomination, people who might not be familiar with it. Yeah, no, I, I go to uh, Metro Church of Christ. We are located in Sterling Heights, Michigan. And Church of Christ is just basically a non-denominational Bible-believing church. Um, our church is set up, how the apostles set it up in the first chapter of Acts. Uh, we have very specific tenets that we follow, but each, each church has its individual leadership. So we don't follow, um, you know, we don't follow a specific, each church is specifically kind of designed based on how everything was started in, in the first chapter of Acts, but we, we have separate leadership. We don't follow a pyramid type, uh, or it's not a pyramid type organization. So um, we, we believe you need to be baptized, just basic tenets. So why don't you talk a little bit about, uh, you had this meeting with uh, your elders to try to convince them to uh, be more explicitly pro-life. How did that go? 
Yeah, it went well. So it went very well. Um, they were, in all honesty, it was very close to the election and they were very concerned that it would be construed as a political talk. Um, and, you know, I was a little bit upset at first, but you know what? I just figured move on after the election. We could continue with our ministry. And now, as we know, we need to continue. It's even more dire that we do it. Um, so I did wait. Now, in all honesty, I, I approached them about a month prior. So, you know, in their defense, it was very close to the election. Um, I should have done it uh, looking, looking back. If I would have done it six months prior, maybe it would have worked out differently. But at any rate, they made their decision and I was asked to wait um, until after the election. So that was fine. We got through that. And then after that, uh, with Connor approaching them, they just, they were just, they were very excited. They got very excited and they just said, you know what, go for it. Just let us know what you're doing. You know, we, we obviously stay under their counsel and their leadership. We respect them very much. And they just let us go. And we just ran with it. The first thing we did, we put a board up at our church um, with all kinds of flyers and information, just letting the church know this is sort of, this is a, a mission we want to start and we're going to go for it. Here, here it is. T take a look at it. And then we sat down and that's how the unplanned, we wanted that to be our first event. We wanted to show unplanned to speak about it have a discussion after and then sort of launch the mission, you know, the plan, the, the future uh, that we wanted to have. With, we wanted our church to be a full-blown pro-life church that was going to acknowledge it every single month to six weeks and was going to actually get involved, start a mission with money that would help women that decided to choose life. We want to go to the abortion mills and, um, and go to the fence as, as, We've, we've been calling it. So we actually have a group. Um, we, we did the unplanned movie on the 19th. We had a great turnout and um, there was, we invited neighboring congregations. We had people show up. We had young people. It was a nice turnout and um, it went very well. And most people, we had some people, you know, we were not even really set up for the mission work, the money. And we had people giving us money. We had people saying, what's next? And it was, it was very exciting, thanking us. You know, it's, it's about time. This is going out. You know, you're, you're doing something about this. So the turnout was fantastic. The enthusiasm, the enthusiasm, and you, you just don't, the, the young people was what, what gets me because there's a lot of young people, you know, the media will have you believe that, you know, all young people are very, you know, they, they're just pro-choice. They, you know, this is the new world we live in. And that is not the case. I am finding out that young people are very concerned about the unborn, but we have to get in there and teach them. We have to talk about it. We have to, we have to make sure that they're aware, you know, that the voting pro-life, I mean, all of those things. So we are trying to outline all of that in these events. We want to show, uh, there's several documentaries that are so awesome. And just things like that, things like that are what we want to do monthly. And we want to, I really, the history, how this started in our country is very fascinating to me. And I think an education on how this got started might uh, really help people understand um, about, especially voting pro-life. I mean, let's face it, how we got in this predicament is because we, we for 
since 1973, 47 years, we've been voting in um, politicians that aren't pro-life. And that's how this got started. So I think kind of going back and looking at that history uh, would be very beneficial in teaching our youth um, mm -hmm. what we need to do moving forward. So that's kind of where we're at. Um, like I said, we're in the beginning stages. So we're, we're kind of feeling our way, trying to figure out exactly the most effective way um, to convince people that, you know, life matters. And that, that, that's what we're all about. Okay. Um, so you, you got your elders on board and then you had to get um, in your church. It's not titled a pastor, it's titled a preacher. Correct. And you had to get your preacher on board. Yeah. How did that process go? He's fa fantastic. He jumped right in, jumped right in. We sort of launched this with his um, sermon and I was blown away. He blew the doors off of my expectations and he, he was just great. He kind of called, you know, he called out the whole issue. We just need to, uh, I believe the, the sermon, it was, five or seven things that God hates. And obviously abortion is at the top of that uh, as Christians, we know that. And he, like I said, he, he blew the doors off and I was just, it was, it was, it was exciting. It, it was, nobody moved. It was a very long sermon, but it was one of those sermons where you just, you can't get enough. Nobody moved or breathed. And it was fantastic. It, it launched our church, political correctness, everything in our church. It didn't, we weren't, I don't want to say we were a politically correct church. That's not correct because we have awesome leaders and awesome preacher, but we really stepped it up a level and I don't think we will ever turn back. And uh, it was very exciting. So it, it and it, it's going to breathe revival. And we're, I was very, very, very um, grateful to our preacher for just driving it home and launching this for us. And it made me very proud to be, to be at the church on that. And it, it was a good thing. It was a, it was a great morning. So yes, he jumped right in. Great guy. Um, that's great. It, it, it makes a big difference, doesn't it? When um, the leadership on, you know, both levels of the top of a church or, or however many levels you may have. And uh, it's a bold statement. It's not just a, we're going to talk about this, um, you know, we're going to kind of mention it once a year, um, kind of making it a focus really makes a difference, doesn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. You have to, you know, that's what good leadership is, you know, uh, riling up the troops. And he definitely, he did that. And I was very impressed. It, it was great. It was just great. Yeah. The leadership and I, and I, and I'll say, you know, after on, unplanned, you know, moving up to this and after the unplanned event, they have just been wonderful. They are very enthusiastic. It is really, um, it's really bred some, breathed some enthusiasm into our church. I mean, we want to, this is, this is not only about pro-life, but this is about revival. Our young people being revived, young and old alike, you know, this is about revival. And we really want to take this to to more levels uh you know in the summertime we, we want to maybe host revivals at our church and you know then our neighborhoods need it they, they need it so we're you know we're thinking ahead to you know pro-life obviously is always going to be the theme but you know when you when you start to realize the, the value of life you know accepting jesus kind of comes with that they go hand in hand so we're, we want to bring souls to christ and that's you know this is where it starts 
understanding the value of life because that's God values life. And that's kind of where this is going. So you planned a, a big event, uh, watching the movie unplanned, um, and uh-huh. during a pandemic. <laughs> so what was kind of your, how'd you tackle planning this kind of big event and then inviting all these other churches to try to get involved? Well, we followed protocol, you know, um, our church, we, some of us wear masks, some of us don't. We, we feel like we're responsible people that can make decisions for ourselves. And of course we have, you know, it's broadcast, uh, um, our morning services. If you're not, if you don't feel safe, you can watch it on Facebook. So, um, we were fine. We social distanced enough and there was no, there was no issues at all. The pandemic made it, it it, it was not an issue. It was not an issue. Um, I personally, my opinion is, um, we need to start worshiping and gathering and having human human interaction. And my personal opinion is we need to unmask ourselves and, and get out there for Christ again. And I felt like this might be the beginning of that. Uh, but, but again, if you feel more comfortable with a mask, um, I know the mandate is still in place. We certainly don't want anybody to get in any trouble or our church or anything of that nature. But we had zero issues, zero complaints. And anybody who wanted to wear their mask, it was, it was not a big thing. So it was fine. We feel like we're sort of coming out of that, Lord willing. I hope so. And it was great. And everybody is absolutely healthy. No issues. So if anyone isn't familiar with the movie Unplanned, it's a story of Abby Johnson, who worked at a Planned Parenthood uh, and her decision to leave after seeing an abortion on ultrasound. And, you know, it's a pretty striking movie that uh, shows not in incredibly graphic detail, but in fairly graphic detail, you know, the reality of the two most common abortion procedures, a suction abortion, and then an abortion using the abortion pill, are you 46? What was kind of, did you have a lot of people there who had never seen the movie before? What was their reaction to it? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. There was a lot of people that hadn't seen the movie. Um, The reaction was, you know, some shock, uh, you know, just, a lot of compassion, uh, obviously for the unborn that this, this is happening to. Um, it just, I have to say a lot of people were just very, thank, you know, they were thanking us. Thank you for finally doing this. Thank you for showing this. You know, we didn't realize that. And again, there was a lot of young people there and it, it just, it was, it was, it was excellent. And I had seen the movie, but I believe, I'm not sure. I think it's about two or three years old. And um, it actually hit me harder this time than the first time, because if you've seen it, I mean, the story is pretty extraordinary. Um, you know, the way that uh, I think what, what a lot of people, and honestly, what a lot of people spoke about is the extraordinary part, she stayed in so long for eight years, you know, it was like, why didn't you pull yourself out? So a lot of people had a lot of different emotions. Why did she stay so long? You know, but basically, you know, what can we do? People are ready to go. We have so many people approaching us about going, going, uh, and, and talking to, to women at the fence and that kind of, this kind of launched it because that's actually, you know, obviously they showcase that and the people at the fence are what brought her out of it. So it was the perfect launch 
for our groups to start gathering. And then, you know, we're, we want to move forward and find our voice uh, in front of that fence. And that's what this is really all about. At this point, you know, we know what's going on politically. We know what we're up against. But when it comes down to it, this is about the individual people, the individual souls that, that we need to reach. And what better place than in front of that fence? That's, you know, that's where we're going to do it. So, and it's hard. We're going to, we're going to have some obstacles, but um, that is the goal of us to get to that fence and educate people. And also, you know, our elders have been awesome. They, we want to put up a pro-life banner. We want to switch them out, vote pro-life. And, you know, we talked about, you know, we have just under two years. So the next election is pretty important. We start, you know, going at this now. So our voting base can come out and vote for the pro-life candidate. So we want to put banners up and just anything we can do. We're just going to throw, we're just going to throw everything out there. And, but again, it's, it's about winning souls and, and winning the individual people because our politicians that, you know, they're not going to do it for us. So we have to get out into our neighborhood. I mean, in our neighborhood in Sterling Heights, I believe there's three abortion clinics within, you know, probably seven to 10 mile radius right in our community. We don't have to go far. That's what people don't realize. You don't have to go far. You know, you just throw a stone and you'll hit some kind of facility near you that is that is doing these heinous crimes, uh, if you will, uh, right under our nose. So we, we're just gonna go through our community and just see, see what we can do. So that's, that's what's, what it's about. Yep. Uh, you know, Metro Detroit is where a majority of abortions happen. 40% of the abortions in the state are Wayne County alone. I know there in, in Detroit, there's even a, a street where there's two abortion facilities across the street from each other. Right. So yeah, there's just uh, so much that needs to be done in your area. And that's kind of your mission now. So, you know, you don't want to say mission accomplished because it's an ongoing mission at your own church, but we'll say you, you've activated your, your own church and now, um, Southeast Macomb Right to Life wants to look at getting other churches involved. You want to look at getting other churches involved. Uh, where are you at in that process? And what are kind of some of the challenges you're facing? Well, Elaine Marshall, I'm working with her. She's um, also with the Southeast Macomb affiliate. And um, we're in the very beginning stages of that. I just got the outline of what that person does. So that's my next, uh, that's my next step here. If I figure if I did it at my church, um, you know, I didn't do it alone. Connor, of course, was a, was a big help. But if I did it there, then I can move on to these other churches and just start talking to people. I just want to, you know, start talking to these preachers and pastors of these churches, how to get involved. Um, I'm going at it, assuming that most churches are pro-life. Um, I certainly would hope so. So it should be a fairly, I don't want to say easy task, but I should be able to get in there and speak to people and get other churches involved. Um, I'm imagining people have the same thing on my mind, on their mind as I have on my mind that we, this, the time is now. If we're not going to do it tomorrow, when, when are we going to do it? I mean, there's, there's no better time than right now. We know we're, we know we're in trouble um, as far as the pro-life community. But we know as Christians, um, even when we lose, we win. I mean, that's sort of my take on it. We have a spirit of hope and strength, and Christ already won the battle. And even when we lose, seemingly beat here on earth, we know we've already won. So we just need to find our voice, and churches, God's people need to join in. And that's where we're at. 
that, you know, that's where we're at. Um, I don't know what the environment's going to be moving forward. We have no idea. I know I just saw, um, you know, the Equality Act that was just passed um, yesterday. It's got to go to the Senate, but there is a good chance that that goes through. And what I'm, what I'm figuring out is uh, kind of part of my journey here. I needed to really just, I couldn't, I needed to kind of step away from politics and looking online and Facebook. And I just needed to focus on this because I already know, we already know where we're at. We're, we're in trouble here. We already know. But again, we know we're, you know, as Christians, we know what we have to do. So we just have to move forward and it's scary. And what I tell a lot of young people, um, you know, being, you know, I'm, I'm a four, 47 years old. One of the biggest things that I've learned in my life is you have to do things afraid. It's, it's scary, but you have to do things afraid. That's how you find your voice. If you did everything based on how you felt, if you felt good about it, you wouldn't get anything done. So that's what I try to tell young people. Sometimes, you know, you have to do things afraid. You need to, you know, fear, fear is a good thing. It's there to kind of guide you around, but you can't live in fear. It's not to, to live there. And as Christians, again, we, we don't fear. We're, we're told not to fear. So that's, that's the whole gist of it. You know, I love that. Even, even when we lose, we win as a Christian. So, but that we, you have to put in the work. So that's kind of where we're at. That's, that's my personal take on it. That's what I try to convey um, to, you know, the young crowd, and I'm new at this too. I'm just kind of stepping up and, you know, I don't, you know, it's it, sometimes you say, well, you know, what am I doing? How, how, how did I get involved in this? What's next? But you just keep going. And I think that's, that's everything in life. So, so that's what we're trying to do. We're just trying to move forward, find our voice, talk to people and bring people to Christ and bring people to, to the realization that every single life matters. Mm. Just to just have about a minute left. Um, just wondering if you have any advice for a, uh, a, a church representative like yourself, or maybe a staff member or a member at a church to, to just get more involved and, you know, resources they can use. What, what's your advice for someone that really wants to get their church? More so, active? um, I mean, I've been with Right to Life. There's tons of resources on their website. There's tons of documentaries. I would start watching some of those things. Some of those documentaries will, will break you down. They will, they will, even if you're afraid or you have opposition at your churches, you'll, you watch some of these things and you just, you're not going to give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. But I definitely start doing some research. So you're, you're sort of armed. But I would say don't give up. Even if you, you're always going to have opposition. We haven't had too, many, too much opposition. Maybe a person or two with a, an eye roll or whatever the case may be. That, that's normal. You just have to keep going. Keep talking to people. Keep talking to your church leadership. Um, reach out to us at Metro. You know, if, if you're having issues. I, I actually went to Michael Cook um, at right to life. Um, he helped me tremendously. He gave me some materials to present to the elders and he was wonderful. He's been a huge encouragement. I have to, Oh, I have to let everybody know he's been great. And, um, you know, that again, resources call right to life. They'll, they'll, they're there to talk with you, to help you, to email you things that you need to, to get your church leaders to get on board with this. So yeah, definitely. Definitely uh, do some research and take it, take it to the leaders and, and don't give up. That would be my advice. 
Thanks for listening to our interview with Shannon Filipiak. If you'd like more resources on church outreach, as always, go to our website, rtl.org. Join us again next week for our regular edition of Life Beat. Have a wonderful weekend.